0: A lot of us are eager to get back to working in the office, but surprisingly, it could be the Generation Z that could stand to benefit from a return to a healthy workplace culture. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. Here to discuss this is Sina Editor Ian Schur. Welcome, Ian.
1: How are you doing?
0: So Microsoft ran this study, uh, surveyed about 31,000 workers. What did they find?
1: Well, first off, they found that a lot of us want to keep remote work when, it, when the pandemic ends. No shocker there. 73% of the 31,000 workers that Microsoft surveyed, this is not a small survey, uh, It it said that they hoped that remote work would continue. But what was interesting in uh, kind of the, you know, all the different parts of the survey, which you can find a link to, of course, from CNET, is that uh, one of the things that Microsoft found was that Gen Z workers in particular Are saying that they're really struggling right now from the remote work world. They're saying that they don't get enough interaction with their colleagues. They don't know, you know, they're starting out in their careers, right? So they're not getting those kind of, you know, moments by the water cooler or chance encounters in the hallway that really lead to a lot of those career helping moments in the beginning. And instead, they're kind of just stuck on Zoom. Or more often, not on Zoom, and really don't have any of those kind of, you know, the, the mentorship that they need, and it's it's a really interesting problem that I myself have actually heard from a couple of Gen Zers about. So it's it's definitely an issue that is popping up.
0: Yeah, you know, you you'd sort of assume at, on the surface that they'd be okay with this. They you know they've kind of lived their lives virtually in so many aspects that you would think that. The transition to a uh, you know a pure remote work environment would be fine for them, but it's a really valid point that they're they're likely hungering for for mentorship, for camaraderie, physical camaraderie with folks who are you know side by side working in an office. And th- these are experiences that well, you and I were, we're quite a bit older. Uh, we we've had these experiences for years, and I guess take it for granted in a bit. But um, but yeah, in, in terms of the this as an element for fostering and developing uh, sort of new employees. I guess it's a really big ingredient that's missing right now, right?
1: Yeah, and and I think to Microsoft's point, they're also thinking about the future. If we do keep this stuff you know the remote work which obviously that is an ongoing conversation The flexible work options are are increasingly becoming a necessary not a oh maybe we'll do it right a lot of people want to keep it Uh, well that's cool but how do we make sure that people who need that mentorship right people who need those interactions actually get them because if we stay you know let's say half the team is remote a lot of the bosses maybe stay remote a lot of the time or even half the week. That's a lot of time that those interns don't get those interactions. So, you know, I think that there does definitely need to be a, a conversation around this. And to, You know, Microsoft says that HR departments in particular really need to invest in uh, kind of people growing their careers and all of the tools and the, and the necessary resources for that to get over this hump that we're creating right now uh, through all this convenience that we'll eventually have of staying from home.
0: Yeah, this is an interesting point. And, and I think it's something a lot of companies are wrestling with because, you know, as you know, most people want the option to be remote for to, to continue past the pandemic. And, I, and that makes sense. But, you know, one of the concerns that you know, I wonder about is, you know, traditionally folks who have worked remote, there's been sort of a second citizen you know, type dynamic there, right? If you work remote, you know, you're, you're often out of sight, out of mind, you know, you don't have those water cooler moments. Uh, and, and I'm curious if Microsoft uh, has addressed this or if anyone's really addressed this. And if not, I'd just love to get your thoughts on how you, you, you bridge that divide, right? How you, you, you create a, a situation where, you know, opportunities come to, you know, anyone regardless of whether you are working remote or in the office and, that you somehow solve for the fact that folks who are not in the office aren't gonna have access to to those water cooler moments.
1: Yeah, no shock. Microsoft's recommendation is to invest in tools that mix the digital and real worlds really well, right? And guess who makes those tools? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, you know, they they're and look, I mean, they do have somewhat of a point, right? It, it, putting a lot more thought into making sure that the, you're you're kind of working in a digital way so that everyone's able to interact really well makes a ton of sense even though we all live on Zoom now well, a lot of us and and we're even talking about Zoom fatigue right there's actually still a lot of you know company processes that are still not built around that and when we get back to whatever quote unquote normal is Zoom usage may drop a lot for a lot of different teams, and Microsoft's kind of encouraging a lot of people, you know, not Zoom, they want teams, of course, but uh, to keep using a lot of these tools and actually find ways to really work it into your processes so that it's normal that you have half a team remote half a team in the office. And in fact, we're really comfortable using these tools together instead of right now where I have to set up a meeting and then everyone gets on and we're like, you know, we're getting used to it and we're setting our cameras like Microsoft invasions this world where it's just one click ready. OK, I'm on. I'm not even thinking about it. And it becomes as easy as a telephone call.
0: All right. And beyond the Gen Zers, what what else did the study show that folks wanted out of the future work environment or the post-pandemic work environment.
1: Yeah, I think the other things that we've learned here is that when it comes to remote work, uh, actually, people still don't entirely know what they want out of it yet. Like uh, I mentioned that 73% people said they want remote work options to say, but at the same time, uh, they also, by the way, 46% say that they want to move now that they can work remotely, also makes sense. But then 67% of the people, right? So you have to keep in mind, right? Two-thirds of the people who just responded saying they want to keep it and they and half who want to move away, 67% say they want more in-person work and collaboration. So we don't actually know what we want, right? We, we, we miss being in the office. And a lot of us want to return to that, but we also want to be able to work from home. Half of us want to move away, but we still want to be able to work together. (laughs) And it just-
0: So it feels like we, we want just the best of every aspect or every scenario possible.
1: Yeah, I think this is one of those, you know, people saying they want vegetables, but they're still going to buy candy in the candy aisle, is that, you know, the the reality is that we do definitely miss being able to work together. But we've had that taste of, of living away from the office, and a lot of us really like it. And I think that what ultimately is going to end up happening is exactly what Microsoft's talking about, right, where uh, this kind of remote work thing is going to Turn into, okay, well, we're just going to have a ton of tools that make it super easy to work, no matter whether you're in together or not, because I I highly doubt, with the exception of some people, that, you know, you're going to have entire teams in an office ever again. Like, I think it's going to become very normal. I've talked to Dell. I've talked to Apple. I've talked to Google. All of them say that there are expectations that people are going to be working from home after this. And a lot of those companies are button seat companies. They were not okay with remote work before this happened. And now they're being forced to get used to it. And if they are, think of how the rest of the corporate world's turning out.
0: But how do you, you know, and I guess it goes back to the fact that we don't really know what we want, but how do you square the fact that, you know, most people or a lot of people want to go remote or they want to work where they want to work, but there's still that hunger for actual in-person human interaction. So how do you square that? Is it, and I don't know if it's, you know, the Microsoft answer of more digital tools or if it's, you know, more off sites or more opportunities, you know, kind of you know, semi-regular opportunities where people are, are forced to get together. But I'm curious on how, how you would square those two. Because it's, like you said, it's kind of – it's a bit of a contradiction, right? You want to work remote, but you also, want, you also want that in-person interaction. So
1: are there any easy solutions there? You know, I think that it's going to be really a cultural thing, right? Getting people to feel like they're working together even though they're not. And you're you bring up a very good point, right? We used to do like offsites or we would, you know, we'd all go to get lunch together or stuff like that. You can't do that with people remote working. So I think we need to as a group, right? All of us need to come up with ideas for how to make sure everyone's kind of having those non-work interactions that create that feeling of camaraderie that we do, we're do we not getting right now from remote work. I mean, the only reason I feel connected to a lot of the people I work with is that I've known them for a long time, right? I, Roger, I've known you for over a decade, so it's easy for us to chat. But if I'm new to the team, I'm going to be lost at water, right? And I think that's where that's where really it comes down to how we all work versus the tools we have or anything else. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. It's really going to be tough. And I have a feeling that it's not just going to be Gen Z who ends up getting the, the kind of uh, the short stick on this. I think that it's going to be something that a lot of people struggle with until we get used to it.
0: Or until we get VR experiences where we could all hang out in the same virtual space.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> that could be too right. Uh, Microsoft would not mind selling us a bunch of Hololenses to fix all these problems, but probably not go. yet.
0: <laughs> probably not anytime soon. Uh, if it if it's like uh, yeah, if 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 building camaraderie means. All of us wearing hollowed lenses as they are right now. I don't really know if I, I really want to be a part of that. Well, uh, Ian, thank you for your time. You can check out his story on cnet.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to cnet.co slash Charge. And I'd also like to take a moment right now to call out the shooting in Atlanta from last week. Uh, It's taken me a couple of days to to process this horrific act of violence against eight people, which, while law enforcement does not designate this as such, I consider a hate crime. Uh, Six of the victims, six of the eight victims were Asian women. It's just the latest in a surge of attacks against the Asian American and Pacific Islander community. So I'd urge everyone to call out these attacks when you see them and to help out the AAPI community any way you can. You can actually find resources to do so on cnet.com. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.